I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Technically, the rules say dogs can't play. Wait, no, no. There's nothing in the rule button that says dogs can't play. Yeah, that's what I just said. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to episode 94 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host, Kyle, along with Drew with a U. That's me. Drew Crawford is dead to us, and he's never coming back, or maybe he'll be back <laughs> next week. Who knows? Uh, and this week, we're talking about the... Man, it's it's hard to put this movie in a box. Is it the best yeah. movie of 2022? Is it the most underutilized movie of 2022? That's not the right word. Underrated? Underrated. That's a better word. Thank you for the help there. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe the most underrated, definitely most disrespected movie of 2022 thus far <laughs> everything everywhere all at once yeah and th- i think the main issue with trying to put this movie in a box is that the title won't fit it's too long i i think that the majority of the problems that this movie ran into on its release was that the title was so flipping long and there's no <laughs> hashtag on twitter that can get yeah. this thing trending even though right. it was the russo brothers they only have so right? much carry. They almost so much power to carry over across mediums. If like yeah. it doesn't get a lot of social media buzz, and uh, and so I don't think it got a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I I haven't seen it since the the first time I saw it, which was a month ago probably. And uh, I remember walking out of the theater and going, "That's a great movie." And yeah. you see so many mediocre movies. Which I right. think really puts that into perspective of like, no, that's a really good movie. I think it's a really good point. There, you know, there are movies that are hard to market, and oftentimes those are not the best movies because they don't have the funding behind them. Right. But not necessarily. And I think Studio A24 has kind of find, found that sweet spot of we have the funding to go up against some big Hollywood AAA blockbusters, but we're indie and kind of offshooted enough, if that's a word, um, yeah. to to where we can make different movies. And our movies, you know, more often than not are weird, for lack of a better word, but they just, they, they do things in their movies that other companies don't have the courage to do, I think. Yeah, and, and like while you were talking about that, I was just like second guessing myself. Did I say the name of the movie right? I, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Okay. Is that what I said? Like, I, everything, everywhere, all at the same time. Everything, everywhere, <laughs> always. Like there, like yeah. It, it's such like a like a non rememberable title, <laughs> and for for the world that we live in today, that's a problem. Um, yeah. But the title yeah. is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. There's no commas, which is confusing. Right. Uh, I don't know if that would help or not. But, uh, like, yeah, yeah. even when I was saying it, I was like, did I get the name right? Which I do think is close to 50% of the problem uh, <laughs> as to why this movie didn't do as well as I think it should have. Um, right. So if you, the listener, have not seen this movie, there might be some spoilers coming up. But I think we can do a pretty good job leaving a spoiler-ish free review of the movie. 
Um, it's it's a movie that came out uh, by Agbo Productions, which is the Russo brothers' new production company. Um, Joe and Anthony Russo, who directed the Infinity War, Endgame, Captain America: Civil War, Captain America: Winter Soldier uh, movies, as well as they did an Extraction, uh, which came out mm-hmm. on Netflix, which was like the highest grossing Netflix movie to date, um, and it's starring. I think I'm gonna get her name wrong, but it's, it's Michelle crazy. Michelle Yeoh. Is yep, that right? That's it. Literally. Okay, and she is awesome in this movie. Um, Phenomenal. And the we, I talked about this a month ago when on our now streaming episode, but right, the the husband whose name is uh, Ki, this one's harder. Ki Hu Juan. I. 100% that's not how you say his name, but that is how I said it. Yeah. He, who you would only recognize, I think, as Roundhouse from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. If you Short recognize round, him right? from anything else, then like hats off to you. <laughs> he was, was he in the Goonies? I think uh, that was the one other thing he was in. He was in like two movies and then left Hollywood for 20 years. Or Hollywood left him, however you want to look at that. You're right. He was in the Goonies. That's right. He was Data. Yeah. Those yeah. The only two things. And, he and, crushed and it. Other than that, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like dried up Hollywood. He said Hollywood dried up as, as far as like uh, parts for him. And right. So he just wasn't in it for 20 years. This is his first return. Yeah. And then the actress who played Joy, who was the daughter of Michelle... Uh, in the movie, who ends up being the antagonist. Um, her name is Stephanie Hugh. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. Um, yeah. But I also thought she was great, too. Um, right. And then uh, maybe the scene stealer of all scene stealers, Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. Yeah. My goodness. Every time yeah. she was in a scene, it was just like, this is yours. Go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> She, you could tell that she had fun making this movie for sure. Yeah, like she she uh, got to do one of the stunts where she's jumping from one of the staircases on some wireworks, and she went up to the directors and was like, "Can I please? Can you please get me in those wires?" <laughs> I, it's like a, a bucket list item I've always wanted to do. Um, and then she would always just she added the wrist brace herself. She's like, oh, I think nice. my character. Okay. Would have that, and then like the necklace with the sunglasses hanging down, like all these parts of her character. Uh, it was all her. She was just like, I really want to live in this character, which is hilarious because it's an it's an IRS, yeah, <laughs> uh, agent or representative, whatever you right. call it. Um, it's like a super you know bland desk job kind of role, but she chews it up with all of the multiverse stuff she gets to do in there. Yeah, and so I guess maybe from like a starting point, the plot of the movie is uh Michelle Yeoh is yep. the owner and manager of a laundromat and her husband is kind of like a doormat like guy she kind of <laughs> just walks all over and like tells him to do yeah. whatever and he just kind of does it and they've got to go to the IRS to like submit paperwork mm-hmm. taxes government who knows you know whatever uh, and then while she is uh, doing all that, also her daughter is coming home and her father is in town. 
it's basically the the gist of the story is there's a, a mother and a daughter who have a strained relationship and that is like the crux of the whole movie um but it just takes so many different twists and turns that like by the end of it, you're like, is that the point? Like, I'm not real. Like, you, you've got to pay attention to, to yeah. make sure that that is still the point. Um, especially, like, when you're halfway through this movie. Um, right. And everything starts ramping up. Yeah. Like, the the first half of the movie, the, the title still really works before you start getting into all the multiverse stuff. Because you can just tell that Michelle Yeoh's character, uh, Evelyn is just everything's going a mile a minute all around her and she can't keep up and she's yeah. got to put out 12 different fires and um, she's trying to deal with her husband who's kind of goofy, not really helping, even though he kind of is um, in his own way. Her daughter who is strained and, you know, you know, you could tell that there's a lot of, of hurt in that relationship and then her grandfather is the biggest stressor who's never yeah. approved of her and didn't approve of their marriage and they ran away and it's a bunch of stuff. It's really good and really interesting how they start off the movie in this normal world where everything is happening all at once. You can really feel it and then it just gets crazier and goes down the rabbit hole in a phenomenal way from there. Yeah, and I think that's the uh, the heart of this story and why this movie works is because it's about relationships in a family. And yeah. whether you can relate to the daughter in the story, or you can relate to the mom in the story, you can relate to the husband in the story, you can relate right. to the grandfather in the story. <laughs> like, everybody can find somebody in this movie that you relate to some way, shape, or form. And whether it's trying to find um, acceptance with a parent, or whether it's a... A spouse that you're trying to appease, or whether it's uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a son or a daughter trying to appease a father figure, um, I think that's why this movie works because it definitely yeah. wouldn't work <laughs> if it was just um, just told without the family aspect right. to it. The, these multiverse stories are so abstract, and they're they can be super hard to follow if they're not directed well which i think that daniels did a phenomenal job yeah uh but you're right this movie is grounded in this family that you really feel and you can really relate to the i think it's funny the working title for this movie you know like movies have different titles before Mm -hmm. they come out the working title for this one was a woman does her taxes (laughs) (laughs) that (laughs) i think tells you a lot about kind of how they viewed this movie, which is, this is a real character, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to have this multiverse stuff and crazy and wackiness. Right. But but we need our main character, Michelle Yeoh, who does a phenomenal job in this movie. Yeah. Like, just hilarious, tear-jerking, like, serious anger. She goes through, runs the gamut on all these emotions. She plays a rock at one point, and that was some of the most emotional. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Rock. I was like laughing, and there's no dialogue at all. It's just some text on the screen sometimes. And and maybe that's maybe that's where we should get to, because uh, if you're listening this far in, ten minutes or so into the podcast, you've either seen this movie or you're interested in seeing this movie, and so maybe the rest of it should be us just talking about the stuff we really liked about it. Um, yeah. Because I thought that Joy uh, was a really really cool character. Um, yeah. That. Uh, it was a villain that you can relate to, or at least I could relate yeah. to. Um, right, right, right. And I'm sure lots of people out there could relate to where they weren't good enough for their parent or something was, you know, something mm-hmm. you know, greater than 
just who I am as a human being was keeping me from this experience. Um, and, uh, and working towards, you know, resolving that. And she chose, you know, there's that meme, like she chose violence, like joy yeah. definitely chose violence as she, uh, goes to her everything bagel or whatever. <laughs> what's it called? Yeah. It's the everything bagel. The everything or, bagel. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, that's such a hilarious a, yeah, visual that that shows up throughout the whole movie. They really double down on that. Yeah. Uh, what seems like a very innocuous, like simple concept. Yeah. Just a bagel. And then they, they run with it. I have to imagine they were sitting down, like the directors and writer uh, writers at a Einstein bagel. And they were just like, you know, what if this was... What, <laughs> yeah. At some point, they looked down at what they were eating and decided that was where they're going to go with it. Right. And the fact that the everything bagel is the end of the world, I think, is a a really funny idea. And there's lots of really funny ideas in this movie. Um, yeah. Which I didn't know what I was going into walking into this movie. Um, yeah. I had zero clue. I knew the Russo brothers were involved. And it was about a multiverse. And that's all I needed. Gotcha. Um, so when when they're in the elevator going up to the IRS agent and her husband, like, freaks out and... Tells her, like, you can either go to the IRS agent or you can go to the closet door. I was like, what is going on here? Like, I had no clue. Um, yeah. And then everything that happens after that is just madness. I also think this movie drags on just, like, a little too long. Um, the, yeah. The the first chapter, it's like a they, they break yeah. it up into chapters. Right. And the first chapter took an hour and 20 minutes of the two-hour movie. Yeah. And, and then you have a couple other chapters that... I, I, I'll have to go back and watch it one more time to see kind of why they broke it up that way. Um, have, have you seen any of the other movies the Daniels have done? No, I haven't. The only other one that I had heard of, I don't know why I asked it that way, because I, I, the only one I've heard of and that I went and watched before this movie to get prepared for it was Swiss Army Man. Oh, Have you seen anything okay. for that? No, that's when Daniel Radcliffe's dead the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's him and Paul Dano, okay. and they do a phenomenal job, and it's just as quirky and weird. Um, and I thought that that's a studio 24 movie. And I thought this one was also, okay. but, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe the, the Daniels went, uh, Agbo instead. Uh, but you can see that feel and they have this really funny, um, style where they're both, they, they're, they're, they're interesting directors that have these crazy ideas and they so far have been able to pick projects where they can bring their craziness and yeah. amazingness to it uh, without getting kind of boxed out by production companies and studios and producers. And I think that you can't make this movie unless you have kind of full rights to take it where you right. can see it going. Yeah, in, in, in this, this movie goes lots of different directions uh, where basically the premise is that there are there's a multiverse and there's millions of different U's in this universe, and some yeah. company has figured out how to tap into a different U from a different universe and take the skills that person has learned and put it inside your now body to get out <laughs> of whatever it is that you need to do. But the yeah. catch is you have to do something really insane in order to activate <laughs> that cheat code, essentially. So what it reminded yeah. me of was playing video games as a kid and looking up the cheat code online. Yeah. XABYZ, you know, right That's trigger, really or whatever. 
And in this movie, it was you have to staple this post-it note <laughs> to your forehead. And like that is what unlocked the ability yeah. to do whatever you need to do to get out of the situation. Um, and then, so it's got that aspect to it. And it's also got, it lets you see into the other universes right? Of where weird things are going on, where <laughs> sometimes they're spaghetti people, sometimes yeah. they're just rocks, sometimes they have <laughs> huge, long hot dog fingers for, <laughs> the for no real reason. Most bizarre world. Yes. And uh, I think the time this pays off the most, and it's been a month or so since I've seen this movie. You've seen it more recently. Um, mm-hmm. But when the mom is trying to relate to the daughter, she's like, oh, it's like Ratcacuni. And the daughter's <laughs> like, no, you mean Ratatouille. She's like, no, Ratcacuni. Yeah. And then you see a, a universe later where there is a <laughs> raccoon sitting inside a chef's hat. And yeah. pulling the strings on him doing, and it ends up being like, like an important plot point all, later all of, on. Yeah, all of these crazy wacko worlds end up factoring in pretty heavily with the story, yeah. which I love that they do. Like they go to this world with hot dog fingers multiple times, like yeah. seven or eight times. Oh, I forgot and, about the scene with her and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, that goes yeah. on way too long. And it's so <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. Which it ends up saving uh, Evelyn for, yeah. you know, a portion of the movie. They get to solve a, a conundrum that they get through because of that world. It's like they all factor in. They're all crazy, wacky, but they do serve a purpose, which I love. Like, you have to spend a lot of time on this movie figuring out how crazy you want to go and then justifying going there. And I think that they did a phenomenal job of giving you the wackiness that multiverse wackiness that you can do uh, whilst not losing the movie. Yeah. Just to be wacky and crazy. Really quickly, it could have turned into, these are all these different universes where people are being silly. Um, And they kept it from that. And they, and they kept it kind of true to the core of, this is about a family healing some way, some shape, somehow, even though they've got a lot going against them. Um, and, uh, man, that scene when, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has brought the cops into the laundromat and yeah, Michelle yeah. is pretty much done with the whole thing. Uh, mm. that's a really, really touching scene. Uh, yeah. really, really well done. Um, but the, the relationship between the mom and the daughter was kind of the thing that kept me engaged the whole time. And let me kind of push through the wackiness and the craziness of the whole movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. They they do a phenomenal job. And I think Joy was originally supposed to be played by Aquafina at first, um, which I, th- I find interesting. Just a fun little tidbit. But they do do a good job. And when she comes in as Jobu T- Tanaki, I don't know. It's, it's just some gibberish, what they call the bad guy. Yeah. The big bad. Um but when she walks on the screen and like graffitis some people yeah. uh what do you call it confetti's people and like has her costumes like that actress did a phenomenal job like really playing up the craziness like she understood her part and her part was insane and so hard to parse through yeah. i imagine like on paper having to read all of the things that you have to do and then showing up on set with all of the costumes that right. she has <laughs> I mean, she crushes it. 
And Michelle Yeoh works the opposite end of that, which is the mother trying to, you know, love her daughter, but always ends up being critical, too critical here and there. And they both, they both really do a phenomenal job of like playing a believable mom who you know cares, but just always says the wrong thing. And a daughter who doesn't know that her mom cares and really wants to feel that, but just can't. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like everybody who goes to see this movie knows one of these characters. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just the hot dog finger world Jamie Curtis character. But, like, everybody knows one of these characters or knows somebody who knows one of these characters. And that, and that's why it's easy to relate to. Um, and even though it's... This movie came out at a weird time. It was yeah. right after Spider-Man No Way Home, which dealt with the multiverse of villains coming into the MCU. Mm-hmm. And then right before Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness, which yeah. was... The same thing, but different um, as Spider-Man No Way Home. And it was just kind of like, no, this is just a movie about people who (laughs) can tap into themselves from other universes. Um, Which I don't know if that helped or hurt them. It seems like it probably hurt them because I don't think it made a ton of money uh, at the box office. Which is a shame because I think these directors did a phenomenal job. And the actors and actresses did a great job too. And this sort of stuff is why I think it's important to go, you know, see your movies in the theater um, yeah. that you appreciate and that are good cinema because they will go away at some point. You have to think if you yeah. don't. Um, but what? So the Rat Cooney uh, portion <laughs> when uh, when they're running down the highway trying to get to the raccoon, yeah, that had me crying laughing where my wife was like very very ashamed to be sitting next to me because i was laughing so loud and so hard yeah um what was your like favorite moment from the movie um that's a great question uh i liked a lot of the the husband uh yeah is it waylon or or raymond i can i I can't remember i i heard it somewhere and uh anywho the, I literally like the husband's character a lot. Um, whenever he showed up, it was fun. Like the uh, fanny pack fight scene was incredible. Oh, yeah, that was great. Waymond, yeah. Waymond, okay. And then, so the fanny pack scene was phenomenal. And then I, I loved the, all the parts where the kind of normal um, husband in the real world who was the goofy but doesn't really mm-hmm. not alpha husband but the the real one whenever he like affected the story I thought was some beautiful touches like they get another day because he brings cookies and they, they mm-hmm. get another week because he explains the situation and kind of get to see that you know you, you feel for him because you notice that Evelyn never sees is always not there whenever he's saving the day right. and he saves the day in these small ways the the actor said he spent a whole lot of time breaking the the script down with a n- not a vocal coach but kind of like a body language coach and they decided that there were three different waymans and they they gave each one an animal and so the real world husband is a squirrel and so he like is kind of meek and mild yeah. and kind of quiet and then the alpha one who comes in and, and wrecks shop is an eagle 
And then the third one was the the husband who uh, doesn't end up marrying Evelyn and shows up later as a rich businessman. And he was supposed to be a Fox character, which I, I don't know all of the symbolism behind that, but I love it. And I think that amount of detail into a character really helps in a movie like this, where yeah. you have the same character that is actually three different characters played by the same actor, but the, for him to change his body language every time he switches gears into a different right. perspective, I think that helps the audience a lot to, to parse through this movie. So you asked me what my favorite part is, and I, I, I think the fav- my favorite thing in this movie is that you can tell that everybody in it took the time to help the audience through this crazy story. Like, yeah. a bunch of the stuff the directors do, cutting um, between um, crazy worlds when they're jumping back and forth, they'll cut a door opening to a door opening when they get into another world. Or Jamie Lee Curtis will pop up in the closet, and you're like, what is going on? And then you realize, oh, we're jumping back into this reality right. where she's right there. And so it's just those little touches that I felt really helped me along. I, I really enjoyed. The husband figure in the movie is like the best like focal point because he is both in this universe and you see him outside into the other universes right. helping this Michelle Yeoh's character figure out how to get through and, and to win and right. to beat the bad guy, which is her daughter. Um, and she beats her with love. The rock scene when they're <laughs> when when she and her daughter are both rocks and they're just yes. she's just trying to move like closer to her, <laughs> like do like a rock hug. Uh, yeah. man, that was also great cinema. Uh, I laughed out loud when she said, You can't move, you're a rock and then Evelyn yeah. responds with, There are no rules. Right. And just starts <laughs> Edging closer. Which is both like a really funny line and also like what a parent does think about their child. Like, oh, this is impossible for me to help you with this situation. You just watch me put my parent <laughs> magic together and I'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Which I, I thought was, it, it that at the end of the day, it's a really touching story about a mom and a daughter and yeah. how they can reconcile some really, really deep and hurtful wounds. And along with that beautiful story, you get a scene where Michelle Yeoh fights a guy to prevent him from putting a trophy up his butt because that's going to give him superpowers. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. There's so, that was... <laughs> there's so many really great like little tidbits of this movie that I've forgotten because I haven't seen it in a while. Um, yeah. this, this will end up being a cult classic. Like this, I agree. This one of being a Rocky Horror Picture Show or Flash Gordon. I'm trying to think of Boondock Saints. Far yeah, as Boondock classic. Saints. Maybe this. that's what this is going to end up being. One of those movies that didn't make a bunch of money when it came out originally. But like later yeah. on, people found it and really like grabbed onto it. The Room was what I was thinking of. And I was like, that's not really oh, the same yeah. vein as this. No, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I get the parallels, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you see Top Gun Maverick? I did see Top Gun Maverick. Okay. So if you just take from a movie standpoint, I haven't seen it yet. If you just take mm. like from like a movie standpoint of, you know, which which movie was a better movie? Was it Top Gun Maverick or was Oof. it Everything Everywhere All at Once? Oof. Man, that's... You, you're, these movies hit on two totally different realms. Right. And I, 
I enjoy this realm more. The everywhere, all at once, everything, everywhere, all at once. See, it's a wow. confusing title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I go to movies for stuff like that more than I would go for Top Gun Maverick, which they crushed. There, I have no negative things to say about Top Gun Maverick. It's absolutely crushing everything, yeah. every aspect of it. It's a triple-A blockbuster movie. But a lot of times when you get a really great, like like the James Bond movies with Daniel Craig, they were very parsed down. There weren't a bunch of flashy lights and showy stuff. It was just like, oh, he's in a really nice suit or they're in a really nice jet. And all yeah. of these scenes are really specific and they have all of the money to do it as perfectly as they need to. Whereas this movie had five people working on their special effects team. Yeah. They they made made a movie that I think is a better multiverse movie than Doctor Strange was, and Marvel has hundreds of companies working on all of their CGI. Yes. Yeah. And they had five people who worked around the clock for a year because COVID hit one day before they finished filming. Oh, really? Yeah, and so they actually had to film the scene in the van. It's the husband by himself okay. acting against a random extra wearing a mask. And then Michelle Yeoh was in Paris and they filmed her scene over Zoom with the directors giving notes and everything and explaining everything. No way. Yeah, and then they, they just copy and cut and paste and, and and had them together in the same scene. But that's how they had to do it. Oh, wow. I had no idea. That's incredible. And they only had five people on their whole CGI Think you know, about how team. long it must have taken just to make those hot dog fingers for Jamie Lee <laughs> so, Curtis and Michelle Yeoh. A lot of it was practical effects. Like they really made the gloves and oh, had hot okay. dog fingers. They made the raccoon that was a real life prop used on oh, set. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, so they did use a lot of practical effects and practical stuff, which I think works really well for a movie um, on this scale. Like you can tell there's a small scaleness to this movie. Yeah. But that kind of downplays the effects because you do get all these crazy special effects that you would not bat an eye at if they were in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, if you had, like... what What is your pitch to get people to go out and see this movie? Because I can't think of a good one. It's a really yeah. hard movie to explain, you know? And I, I think if you're not a, a well-versed in cinema person there's a there's a better way to say that if if you don't watch a ton of movies i think i do think this movie will be hard for you to watch but if if you are up to date on marvel you know you understand the multiverse and are able to follow those lines i think that this is the greatest multiverse movie that has come out yet um i think that they do way more fun and crazy wacky stuff that i think you should do in the multiverse and yeah you're right this movie's hard to sell because it's it's a long title it's not memorable the title at least but it's so fun it, they just crushed it they have whatever the Daniels have working it is working like however they got to where they are Swiss Army Man was a fun movie I would recommend everything everywhere all at once before that one but like okay. they know they know what they're doing and they are they are crushing it cool yeah I, I think this is a really fun movie um, I I wish it was more succinct in the title, yeah, and in like a way yeah. to explain it. It's just not right. Um, and that that's the big thing to to this movie faces is there's nothing succinct about it. Yeah, it's, right. You, you can't boil it down because it's everything. Yeah, it, it hits everywhere, all the time, 
all at once. <laughs> the, in that way, the title is fitting because yeah, it, it really hits I, you in all different ways. You know, you could you could argue that the title is a bad title because you know you can't sell it easily on Twitter or right. hashtag it. But at the same time, I think it perfectly describes the movie. I think it's it's a very very like you said accurate title. I think it does. If anything, adds to the movie a little bit because you're like the title is so hard to parse through and and it's crazy and weird on its own in its own way yeah i hesitate to recommend it to everyone but i do think you'll find something to enjoy it that's that's why i think it'll find its niche when it gets on streaming and it'll end up 10 years from now it'll end up being a cult classic but like it's that's a hard sell it's a hard sell currently as to where it is but they got two people bought in i think yeah Two of us. I want to speak for you, Kyle. No, I. It is my third favorite movie. Is that right? Wow, it's my third favorite movie of twenty twenty two. How many hot dog thumbs up would you give it? I would give it ten hot dog fingers up. <laughs> way with way ke- up with ketchup and mustard shooting out. Yes. <laughs> Were they playing the piano with their with their feet? Am I remembering that yeah. correctly? Yeah, because they have yes. hot dog fingers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and if that's not enough of a sell for you, and. Like they they go to this hot dog world, and it's like that's insane. And to like sell you on how that world came about, they parody two thousand one A Space Odyssey with yes. the dawning of man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the hot dog finger apes defeat the yep. regular human yep. finger apes. <laughs> like, is that attention to detail that is Ugh. phenomenal? Yeah, I gotta to rewatch drink. this movie. I want to I want to watch it again soon because I know I'm forgetting stuff. Uh, but oh, I remember it's... walking out of the theater going, that is an excellent movie. And you don't yeah. get many movies of that caliber too often. And it's a movie where I, I came away with it being like, I I, I can't make a better movie than that. Like, yeah. I I couldn't make that movie. You know, some movies you're like, oh, I can make a better movie than that. You should have done this or should have done this. I can't wait for that movie being like, wow, they did everything. Yeah. Thematically, it all wrapped up. Like, there's nothing I could do to improve that movie. Well, and if you enjoyed this movie too, the title of which is too long to restate again, uh, please feel free to write into us at ntpydpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ntpydpodcast. Thanks for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.